Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to You've Championed Yourself. Who are you? I'm Chris Ferguson, your host. It's always been a dream of mine to showcase people who have taken their dreams and ideas and turned it into their reality. As they reach beyond their personal struggles and pains and traumas, so many people give up, but they lose hope. There are so few who can walk through their obstacles and their challenges. They don't know where it's going to take them. They trust themselves enough not to give up, to do the follow through in their personal life, their career, and in relationships. These are champions themselves. Today, I have an amazing uh, woman here. She's been in the corporate world, high levels for 25 years. And she's now addressing all of these things that are going on and becoming an advocate for women. And I love this. Let's welcome Parmese to the podcast today. Hello, hello. Hi, Chris. So good to be here. I'm so excited and honored that you're here. You, you are what I call a female influencer. Thank you. And that as an influencer, we show people how you can climb the corporate ladder, do it in a way that is successful and not demonized because one, we're women. Two, we actually have a brain. <laughs> we actually know what we're doing True. and can compete in that world, but still remain feminine, which is so important. Yes, yes very true. Very true. I'd like to know a little bit of your backstory, if you don't mind, yeah. you know, how you've been, um, what you, what you did, how you got started. Um, well, my, my corporate journey actually started back in Malaysia. That's the country I'm from. And um, after uh, 10, 15 years, I moved to U.S. I was working with an American company in Malaysia, and then I got transferred to California, where the HQ was. Um, before that, I used to head regional operations in Asia Pacific. Um, so I was managing a few countries in one of those firms that I worked. And then the final job, I was overseeing a lot of uh, purchasing from all, all the South Asian countries when, where they were exporting the products to U.S. And that's how I ended up coming to U.S. And in U.S., um, I left California and went to Oklahoma, where my husband um, had a job. You know, when he moved, he got a job in Oklahoma. And there I took up accounting and I became an accountant. And I was working as an mm. accountant until I left the job recently to pursue my life coaching for business owners and also top executives, basically. I love that. I love that. There's a huge difference between California and Oklahoma. <laughs> That's world. Was that transition hard? Yeah. <laughs> when I moved to Oklahoma, well, I just told myself, okay, finally I'm in the United States because in California, you don't really feel much difference between uh, Malaysia and California because maybe multicultural and all that. Um, in Oklahoma, I was living in predominantly uh, a area where I, we were really minorities. So I felt like, okay, finally I'm in US. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's see, the thing is, is when you get to rural America and Oklahoma, even though Oklahoma City is a big town, 
and they have Tulsa, they have a couple of cities, but you were, I thought you might've been Native American because of your skin tone. So you weren't really a minority. It was just when you spoke the accent. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, here's the joke. Um, I uh, There's a uh, bike called Indian Bike. Mm -hmm. um, so I took a photo on it one time and I posted dot Indians. I'm basically, <laughs> right? Dot Indian on a feather Indian bike. <laughs> Okay. That is hysterical. I love that. I love your humor. I love the humor. It's 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 amazing. Um, in fact, everybody likes Harley Davidson, but I actually like Indian bikes myself. Yeah, I love them. Yep. So um as you were working your way through the corporate world, what were some of the struggles that you had to go through to get promoted upward and to become an executive? because I'm trying to help my audience understand that women can do this and remain feminine, but it's not about games. It's not about becoming that masculine and competing on that level. It's an education. Right. It's getting to know, do your job and do it the best that anybody can. Yes. Well, one of the challenge that I faced was um, uh, competition but not healthy competition right that's, that yeah that's that's the most common problem i think anyone faces in corporate sector and how i managed it was i learned not to take anything personally that was number one rule number one and that also means i do not really play ego you mm -hmm. know you, can, you won't take it personally only when you are addressing the ego part so i i completely don't manage with ego don't take things personally and number three, I still do what I do best. Mm. You know, so when you follow these three rules, um, the the unhealthy competition, basically people who are trying to put you down, they will give it up after some time. They cannot. It's like you know, it's it's like when you're fighting with ego, it's like two walls colliding. But when mm. you don't have ego, then you become the water. So you just flow through the wall. You know, they are the one who's trying to stop you and they cannot stop you because they're just flowing around because you are not, not going with the ego. So after some time, they'll actually give it up. And that's what mostly happened to me. And I, I attribute that to my spiritual strength. My spiritual strength is one that allowed me to drop the ego and not mm -hmm. take anything personally. You know, then that's how I, I managed to keep rising. I, I love that. I love that. And you mentioned meditation. Now that mm -hmm. we're going yes. the spiritual side of this, you're talking about meditation. How do you, what kind of meditation do you do? And um, do you have a special, a special genre as far as guided meditations, mantras, um, um, frequencies? In the beginning, I started with mantras. That was like 28 years ago. Um, so for the longest time, I was doing uh, using mantras. And then um, I also dabbled around with um, uh, guided meditation. But 10 years ago, I went for a meditation camp with my uh, spiritual teacher. He's in uh, India. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like I visited them, visited him a couple of times to go for the meditation camp. So now I do not really use any medit any guided meditation. I just sit and close my eyes and I'm gone. Like mm. I'm, in, I'm in my space. Uh, I'm with the, what do you want to call with the, with the energy. Right. And I can stay there as long as I want. There's no time limit to that, you know. 
Um, so, but that took me about 20 years of um, practicing, actually. So it's not something you can, uh, and what's very common among us here, especially in the US, it's awareness meditation. It's like you, uh, you allow your feelings, your emotions, and you observe. That's more like awareness meditation. What I do is uh, slightly different. It, it, there, you just separate yourself from your physical properties completely because emotions and, and um, everything that you're observing is related to your physical body. And meditation is a state that you don't have to have any connection with that. You can just be it. Sorry? Be one with all? Yes, exactly. So um, I'm able to do that. But that, again, you know, after 20 years of I, I get it. I get it. Hang on one second. I just thought about it. If I let me. It and I. One second. I needed to turn my cell phone off. I didn't want any interruptions. Um, you are a Ho'oponopono practitioner. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma I got certified through a teacher too. I I'm an advanced Ho'oponopono oh. master. Nice. <laughs> I, uh, I went through Dr. Joe Vitale. And, oh, awesome. Okay. And so it was amazing. So last night when you were on Clubhouse, I was like, oh my gosh, you got to hook up because that's part of what I do. And I tell people, I said, you know, in, 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 uh, when I do my energy healings with them, it's like, I forgive you. You forgive me brings peace, love, and harmony. And if you can do that with breathing techniques, because you're forgiving anybody and everybody for the trauma, the pain, the misunderstandings, the communication issues in this life and in past lives, it neutralizes all of that. Yes. Oh, my God. That is amazing. That's amazing. I need to get in touch with you for further other discussion. <laughs> but I just wanted to quickly um, mention this. You know, when, when you asked me how I, I managed to rise up in my corporate um, um, life, one of the other things that I actually use is I always told myself, this person is here creating this problem for me because of the karma. So I needed to forgive that person and forgive myself in order to, to uh, fizzle out the situation. And that always, always happened. See, I love that you said that. And the reason being is that I was 20 years old, a brand new mom. I had a, I had a one-year-old child and my brother was killed by a drunk driver. Oh my God. He was, um, he'd had a party at his house. It was an engagement party. His best friend was getting engaged. They threw the party at his house and down in Brownsville, they didn't have uh, Brownsville, Texas. They didn't have uh, fencing between the interstate and the frontage roads. It was okay. just like a little curbing. And this drunk driver came off. He was going the wrong way on the interstate, came off the, the off ramp, went over the curbing and cut through my brother's yard who lived right on the frontage road oh my and went through the yard. And so when you said it was about forgiving, it is all about forgiving. And the one is one of the hardest things I had to do is one. That was one of the reasons why I got into law enforcement but it was the anger that I had for this man that killed my brother and hurt his two friends horribly bad. They, and to the point they weren't ever to get, weren't ever to able to get married. Oh wow! And so with that, 
you know, I told everybody, I said, don't tell me his name. Don't tell me where he lives because I'll avenge my brother's death. That's how, that's the anger in me. That was the, the side of me from my childhood. And it was just, I knew I had too much to lose because I was now a mom. That was the other reason why I didn't do it because I didn't want my child to be abandoned like I was. Oh my God. And so the thing was, is what I teach about and I talk about it quite in, in depth with my clients is about forgiveness. Because if I can forgive the man that murdered my brother, it's unconditional love at that point. Yes. I don't, I don't accept his behaviors, his bad behaviors. I don't accept his parents' bad behaviors to help him cover it up because they were an affluent family in Brownsville. I, I, I'm not going to um, excuse those behaviors, but I would have a different interaction today with this man compared to I would 40 some years ago. Wow. That takes a lot. Uh, it, is, it is completely and totally. And it's not easy. Not easy. That to forgive, you have to release the judgment. Yes. And and there are various levels of forgiveness. What you have gone through, that is I, one of the highest. So most difficult. So I, I, well, we'll talk afterwards, but I'll tell you some stuff. But anyway, yeah, it's crazy. But I love the fact that there's another Ho'oponopono. And I say Ho'oponopono, and everybody goes, no, it's Ho'oponopono. And I said, I'm from the Hicks. <laughs> this is how we hicks say it, you know. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I have I have been corrected too many times. So my <laughs> I understand. So, so anyway, I just chalk it up to being from the hicks. So and let it be. But um, you're now. Are you still an accountant? No, I just uh, uh, left the job um, about six months ago. Actually, Ooh. yeah. So, so was that June? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. I just retired from my job. In May. Oh, wow. (laughs) Congratulations. What I had done is I had done, I had started doing my spiritual work four years ago, part time, but nobody knew what I was doing. Oh. And so I was working full time for my job and then full time for me. I was doing evenings and weekends and holidays and stuff. So it was, it was fitted my schedule so I could start my business. So when I did retire, I wasn't starting from scratch. Okay. So, um, with all the things that you have done, how did you become a quick problem solver or a solver in business? Uh, that has been just my, my specialty since the beginning. I was working in a consulting firm um, in my first few jobs. Um, they were all international uh, consulting firms. So, we were given a lot of training to identify business issues um, quickly because we were doing a lot of business restructuring. Um, You can take forever to analyze the businesses or you can like quickly identify, you know, there are ways, right? So I was trained by my boss who, um, she's a graduate from um, um, UK. So she gave me a really tough training on, um, you know, on how to analyze problems and quickly spot the bottleneck so that we can handle that and then you clear the bottleneck, everything else falls in place. So that was my training from her. And from there, I started applying in my other jobs too. So um, one of the reasons why I was brought to US was because my company was bleeding money in inventory. Mm. And they've been managing and uh, looking at it for a long time. So I was very co- good with numbers and I was like um, analyzing it. And I told my boss in Malaysia, something's not right here. You know, you, you want to look at this. And then he said, okay, you need to go to 
to the HQ and look at what's happening. And I um, I managed to stop, uh, uh, save them $3.5 million in an inventory mm -hmm. because they were not doing the right ordering process. So that's that's how I, I learned it. And and, and then I, I, I took up accounting, which gives me more, mm -hmm. you know, I can now identify numbers a lot more easily. And I think that is something that just deep inside me, I can just easily spot. So all my clients that I work with in life coaching, um, within the half an hour, you can see some of the testimonials that I have in my page, in my Facebook page. Um, they will be like, end of the session, they'll be just like, okay, I don't even need the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't work in my favor sometimes, but then anyway. Right. Uh, it's very important for me to see that they get the aha moment and they realize it. So um, I just do it. Um, and and they usually like, oh, yeah, that was the problem. Oh, my God, I didn't even think of it, about it. So so that's how I know that I can quickly um, find problems and provide solutions too. So let's talk about um, finding one's true potential in coaching. How do you go about that? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, after working, I was actually doing part-time coaching for two years before I came full-time. So when I was working with people, I always noticed that when you have not only limiting beliefs, there are underlying issues that, you know, you're always struggling with. A lot of uh, people that I worked with had a lot of internal issues like childhood traumas, mm -hmm. for example. It may not necessarily be a very extreme, like abuse kind of trauma. It's like like the parents not acknowledging your potentials or your contributions or your you know achievements in school, for example. That that carries forward to your current days, and and they do not perform as well because they always have self doubt. You know, uh, they always have self judging beliefs due to all this, right? The other thing is some people are. Um, battling depression mm -hmm. that's one of my area of expertise because i had some depression issue myself which i dealt with when i went to india that's that's uh, how i came out of it so uh, when you have depression they also don't perform very well in their businesses mm -hmm. so my uh, gift is that i can actually identify what's going on under under underlying what are the underlying issues that's going on and then when i bring them up and help them to manage it they are suddenly doing very well in their personal life and mostly businesses. Uh, I was just chatting with a client of mine yesterday. She posted how her 2021 um, was so great. And when she came to me, it was back in 2020. 20, um, she was really a depressed person. And now she's um, flipping homes. So <laughs> own a jewelry business. And mm -hmm. also I think is into ranch. And, and that's a potential that you can bring out compared to when you're battling all these issues. So I basically show you, you're actually capable of 200%, but you are here at 30% because you are battling these issues. I relieve you of this 70% of all the battling issues. When you come to 100%, it's very easy for you to go to 200%. The tra trajectory is so good, you know, so fast. And, and that's, that's, what, that's how I help them. That's that's amazing. I, I'm so glad that we met because there's so many women that need this because um, they don't have that confidence in themselves. They don't believe they can. They 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 they're like, oh, you know, 
they know what they're going through isn't right, but they don't know how to change it because mm-hmm. marketing has never been uh, for years was never a female Thing. business, just yeah. like law enforcement wasn't a female industry either. Sure. So it's those who who plowed the way before that made it easier for me, that I made it easy for the next couple generations after me, because it was all of a sudden, wow, women can do that. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, it's amazing when you help them to open up that door and they see their own potential. Oh, my God, I'm actually capable of doing this. And and mm-hmm. and you don't have to guide them anymore. They just they just on their way. They they right. shoot an arrow, and that is what I love to see with my clients. My clients. I I agree. I agree. But sometimes it's it's. Um, I'm trying to get the lighting because it's making me look real red, and I'm not red. <laughs> I look yellow too. But anyway. yeah. So. Um, but I, I think that's something that's very, very important. And you mentioned something before, and I actually believe, I don't know if you've ever heard of Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe I have. Well, he's all about teaching people the Taos type of understanding of life. And it's being impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personal. Be the best person you can be and don't make any assumptions. And if you can do those simple rules every day in every part of your life, you can be successful in anything and everything you do. Absolutely. I think I know all four of that. (laughs) The last thing that you said, not be judgmental of anything, anyone or any situation. Just Absolutely. So when you're that way and you get to that point, it's like a mastery of your life. Yes. And so that's how I'm seeing you. And, um, you talk about success with balanced life. What did, what do you mean by that? Um, the, you know how people are sometimes they have a lot of money and not good relationship with their family or spouse. They don't have a social life. They are cooped up in the, in, in their business or in their room, just doing what they are doing. And so I, I, I think we all have a lot of pillars of life. That you can go with minimum four, and there there are some experts who you know say there are twelve. So like minimum, uh, let's look at like uh, your financial mm-hmm. pillar, your family pillar, your um, health, um, and what else can I say? Uh, your personal mm-hmm. relationship, mm-hmm. for example. These four pillars make your life more balanced compared to if you're only financially very successful and the rest of the pillars are not so strong. So I call a balanced life when you have all these pillars on at least on the same level. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you'll have one a bit more than higher than the other, but then at least have a, a closer gap between all that and you will feel you will have a more complete life. Mm-hmm. You'll be a more satisfied soul. If I, that like that. I like that. I like that. So I help them to balance all those pillars. I actually, in a detailed work, I go up to 12 pillars. Ooh. But then in the basic, it's like just that four. If you can look at those four, just evaluate your own four pillars. It could be any of these four or something else. That's up to you. But take four pillars and just take a stock of where you are really with all these things. And then if you think they are all like close to each other, then you actually have a balanced life. 
if one is higher, you're making like, uh, you, you have a, one good example. You could be having a very loving relationship with someone, but you're always struggling for money every day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be a satisfied person. Or you have million dollars and then you cannot find the right partner in your life. Yeah, mm-hmm. also not. You, you have seen all those testimonials, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. So we just help them like, bring it to the level where they can have both ways and then. And, and but um, I use the word harmonizing because um, um, balance to me is a leverage system. Okay. So it, when you said balance, I was like, oh, I need to tell her because I use it different and it has a different understanding. You okay. might want to consider it because um, if you have to balance something, it means you have to put so much here to so much here to so much here to so much here to so much okay. here. If yeah. you harmonize it, it means you're good with everything. Yep. I, I think the terminology works better, actually. And yeah. so I was just like, you know, I it's just something that came to me while you were talking. I was like, OK, I'll share that with her. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. As you turn businesses around and you become this, this teacher of life, what has been some of the most exhilarating, rewarding times that you've had? Like with your clients, your customers, your, your, your life. Yes. Okay. So remember that that uh, one of my clients that I mentioned when I when 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 I first started working with her she cannot construe two sentences together she'll be very overwhelmed and then I also have another client who first came to me she had a business small business and she was such a such a beautiful person but she wasn't growing the business because she had too big a heart she was just giving and giving and giving. <laughs> so, and she didn't have anything for her. So when I stopped that and told her that it's okay, you know, you can still have a good heart, but that doesn't mean you have to put yourself below everybody else. It's okay mm-hmm. to put yourself first too. And now she's doing very well, by the way, her business has grown uh, double, triple, full. <clears throat> so when I see the happiness in their face, mm-hmm. when, when they come back to me and they hug me and they say they love me, that is the moment I live for, honestly. <laughs> and then I have a gentleman that who I work with. He is a um, uh, he's a um, executive in a, in an organization, the corporate sector, a pretty high position. Mm-hmm. But he has a lot of personal issues that I help him with. And and when when he has started overcoming all these issues, and he's like more happier person. That is what I really like to see. And that happiness gives me happiness i really mm-hmm. don't know how that works really when i you know mm-hmm. it's not just contagious it's just that something it's i feel like it's part of me that happiness is actually part of my happiness so has he become a better leader because of this oh yes 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 that's and, see that was all about leadership has he become yes. a better leader from yes, all of this better leader and happier person mm. and happier most person naturally also make a better leader not necessarily sure. you know all the sure. way back yeah so he has become a yeah and i'm still working with him for another uh, 12 months or so so no you'll do amazing i have i have absolutely no doubt it's just that i love to see where especially in this day and age with business changing because all this all the stuff going on in the world the normal isn't normal anymore 
And it is about change. And if you're stuck in the way things were done, you're already behind the eight ball. Yep. Yes. Yes. I think to that, I can say like in the, in the olden days, um, you will probably have more, the corporate sector wasn't as competitive as it is nowadays, like 50 years ago, right? Or even 30 years ago. It's, it's, it becomes more competitive and it's more difficult to, for people to balance between spirituality and a materialistic life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. providing these tools, I think it's very essential for them to at least understand there is such a thing. Um, I actually recently came across someone who actually said they have never meditated. Mm-hmm. I thought you exist. I promise you. There's right? a lot of them out there that have never well, you see it in YouTube all the time and every everywhere you turn, you actually see all these things. So it's a bit surprising for me that people still don't know what is meditation. Um, and then uh, there are also people who think they meditate every day and then they complain that, you know, oh, I meditate 15 minutes in the morning. Um, I feel good at that time. After that, it doesn't do anything to me. And so, you know, that kind of understanding about meditation, you know, I just wanted to put this here. Meditation is not an exercise that you do. It's a state (laughs) of being, actually. Right. You know that. Right. So I like to I like to uh, convey those kind of messages to the corporate people where, you know, you can actually be in a meditative state and then Mm -hmm. live your corporate life, too, in in that manner. I love that you said that because. Most people don't realize that meditation, whatever form you do, but when you get to the core of your meditation, you're not defensive. You don't have triggers. The little things aren't important because if you take care of the little things, there's no big things to worry about. Right. Yep. So the fact is, is it's like, okay, so um, you're not, you, you, you take that pause when, when people are talking and they're being defensive of argumentative about it. And you're just listening. You're being that observer. Observer. And let them be because that's everything about them. It has nothing to do with you. And also when you meditate, if it becomes a good practice in your life, you manage to control your senses easily. So you don't get the triggers to get angry very fast or get upset very fast. You know, So that way your reaction is much mellow and that curbs the situation from turning around the other way so it's like a spiral you know cause and effect kind of thing anyway so meditation helps in many many ways it it does it does but sometimes in when people are behaving this way um i had a boss one time that he he was evidently having a rough day and i was the first person he saw and he decided to unload he didn't care that we were in the middle of the office and who was around but he was just unloading oh wow and i looked at him and i said are you okay are you having a medical emergency do i need to call 911 are you okay and the whole time he's just da 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 just dumping 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 i call it vomiting verbal vomiting da 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 and all of a sudden i said can somebody get me an aed cuz i don't know what's going on here hang on one second i got that there we go. That so might cute. help it out. Yes, there it is. I'm not so so red. So anyway, um, he goes, what? 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 What do you? What? 
No, I'm not having a medical emergency. I said, and you act this way in public? Yeah. <laughs> and he turned around and walked in the door, slammed the door. And I thought, you'll never do this to another person again. I don't care who it is. But then everybody's like, oh, my God, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe she did that. No, it's when you stand in your power, when you stand there. You know, it, it, everybody has bad days, but that doesn't give you the right to be abusive. And to that, if I may add something, you know, a lot of people in the corporate sector will always have bad bosses, right? A lot of them do. And then the bosses always hurt their feelings by, you know, putting them down, never acknowledging their contribution or never acknowledging their achievement, you know, things like that. And which disheartens the employees. And on top of that, it's very painful because they can't leave the job. Right. They're stuck at a job, you know, getting another job maybe is a big question mark. So they are stuck and, and these bosses keep harassing them. And so for those who like dread themselves to go to work because they just don't want to face these bosses, I've got some a message for them. <clears throat> if you ever come across a boss like that, just remember that only a person who's hurting is capable of doing that. Mm -hmm. So in other words, that person is actually going through some issues maybe internal uh, family relationship you just don't know what it is but anybody who's like full in their heart will not do that mm -hmm. they just won't be able to do that so it's not whether you have a good boss or bad boss it's whether the boss is having a good life or not or how mm -hmm. the person is managing their personal life or whatever aspect of their life is reflecting in this way so if you have a mean boss it's not only that he's he just having a lot of issues basically if you can see that then suddenly you'll feel like you can forgive him easily you will, you will not take it very personally also and so your life becomes a lot easier well not only that but but here's one thing i've always learned and and this was something is that people don't leave jobs because of jobs they leave jobs because of bosses bosses yep and if you're the kind of boss and this i put this out for everybody if you have that kind of a boss who's physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive, it is not healthy for you because his bad karma becomes your bad karma. If you accept it and allow it, it becomes your bad karma. It's at that point, it's not about forgiving yourself or forgiving him because you have no control as the employee over it. So the best thing you can do is put in for a promotion. Do your, always do your best. Always do your best. Yeah. Now this but, is just, Gossiping about it isn't going to help. Exactly. And that just makes you a target because someone always runs their mouth and always it always gets back to the boss. It does. And whether the boss realizes it or not, or if he realizes it and then he's if he's mean and he gets nasty about it, he's going to headhunt you. And that happens every day. Well, in the in the event that you cannot find a job immediately until then, you know. Mm -hmm. until you find another solution for it then this is how you manage it that's what i'm saying you yeah. know you can like because i see people not wanting to go to work because they just don't want to see the boss and, mm -hmm. and because of that a lot of the, the stress causes health issues that's mm -hmm. another thing so how do you manage it immediately this is how you look at it and then you know try to stay take a step back and then deal with it for now and then if you can get another job or promotion or move out of there uh, that'll work. And you know how Ho'oponopono works. It might remove mm -hmm. the boss out of your life too. <laughs> so there you go.
but it is, it is about sending out positive, but you have to start sending yourself positive first. And it is all about going within. I love, love, love that in your, in what you do today, you talk about, um, turning around businesses quickly, helping individuals turn around within a short period of time and your meditation. How do you help yourself? Well, no better yet. I got a better question. I asked this of all my, all my interview people mm -hmm. on the podcast. If you were to take a deep breath in and hold it and then think back, think of your five-year-old child. What would your five-year-old child tell you today? As in me as a five-year-old child? From your five-year-old child to you. So are we talking about like inner child? Like me, mm -hmm. inner child? What would my five-year-old tell me? Oh, my five-year-old will tell me you've done good. You know that? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Uh, you know, I just felt they were so, they, it, it's like, they're so proud of where you've come from and who you've become because in every life there's struggles and there's, there's, there's traumas and their pains, but you never let it diminish your smile. Yes. Yes. My, my inner child would really be very happy with me. <laughs> I love that. Answer. <laughs> I love that answer. <laughs> Thank you. I never thought of that, but but no, it's it's true. When you talk with somebody and you ask them that question and just go on what you felt first, you glowed. You glowed at the fact that your inner child is so proud of where you were and the things that you've been through and how you've been able to go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and be successful. Yes, yes, that that and that's very powerful. And so when, yeah, when you do that and it's, it's just like, so I asked this of all, all the people I oh, interview. That's an amazing question, Chris. Thank you. Thanks for asking that. I feel so good now. <laughs> <laughs> good. Because my next question, no, I'm just kidding. Um, what, if you could give anybody any tips, what would be two tips that you would give a person on how to, what, what they could do to better their life or better their moment, better their moment? Okay. Whether it's business or personal, let me just let me just put it out there that way. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to answer this from a spiritual point of view. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where you are today is because of I believe in karma, so I'm going to just going to come from that point. So where we are today is based on our karma, and if you can just forgive yourself and others for that karma, that will elevate you from whatever low level you are. At. That's that's the first thing. Um, just believe that you are here for because of some you know for a reason, and not not for a reason because of your karma. At least that's what I believe. So, um, and it, it you can improve it. That's a, the second thing is there are tools for you to change your life from the point where you are right now. It can be changed. There's so many. You can go spiritual direction or any other direction, personal development direction. There's also that. Um, you can use either one of it. Um, so you can change where you are at this moment. So I hope that that helps. That, I love that. I love those answers. I love those answers. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so honored that uh, uh, I had this opportunity with you. Thank you. Okay. Hold on just a second. 
It is a special kind of individual to dream their thoughts and their ideas and turn it into their reality. Parmese has done just that, stepping past fears, stayed the course and had the courage to follow through to the end. Parmese, you've championed yourself. Now who? Now we know who you've become. Thank you for sharing your life, your ideas, your thoughts, and your dreams with us today. 